Hello all Beard Inside listeners, we get that watching a YouTube video isn't always an option, so here's the audio from our newest episode. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or many of the other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are in Shelburne, Vermont, and joining me is Craig of Wild Heart Distillery. Hey there. Hey, thank you very much for hosting us today. Really appreciate this. I look forward to uh, trying a few of your products. Beautiful distillery, beautiful still. Um, I've always said I'm a big fan of Vermont, and this is the first time I've discovered you guys, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. What's what's the story? What what created Wild Heart? Sure. I mean, the first was, uh, I mean, the real impetus was I didn't like my current job. You know, that's a good motivator. Um, uh, worked in the healthcare field for a long time, and healthcare reform is, is uh, not making it fun for people to be working in that area, or it's difficult. Uh, and, but at the core of it, I love making things. You know, I always felt more satisfied having something in my hand, you know, picking up a bottle and being really accomplished versus, you know, with other jobs, a report, which is electronic, isn't, isn't as exciting. Yeah, those, um, those PDF files. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, and then they're going to sit there versus I know that this is going to go to a good home. You know, I know it's going to get good to put, put to good use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like, um, I like spirits. Uh, you know, I like my beer and wine, but I like spirits. I particularly like gin. It's really one of my go-tos. So you can see that's where we started. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were incorporated in uh, 2015. Okay. And then the grand opening was in 2017, did a certificate course at Vermont Technical College. I think they're still running that. And then did some apprenticing with a distillery in uh, the Northeast Kingdom. Hmm. And that's kind of how things started. But three years ago, for, right before the pandemic, I kind of made the big leap of, as an owner, I needed to be all in, you know, or not. And certainly the business model just requires you to be putting in a lot of um, sweat equity. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. I've, I've always said like my idea would be as a project manager of something like this where I would hire somebody who's passionate about creating and then I would be like, okay, how are we going to get this at like beat the sales end? Yep. I can't. Science is hard. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of math. I mean, I, thankfully, my background is in science. Before I d- was in healthcare uh, or public health, it was in science, which helps primarily math. I think it's more impressive when people think, oh, you've got a degree in mi- microbiology with your fermentation. But really, um, you know, when it boils down to it, you've got to be good at math. And then it's also really, it's manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to do the same thing um, over and over. But it would be nice to have a business partner, someone that's as invested. So, you know, because in the summertime, you're working 80 hours a week, you're out there making alcohol, you're selling alcohol, uh, you're going to special events, farmers markets, yeah. we do lots yeah. of farmers markets. And in the wintertime, it's make, mm-hmm. you know, make all winter to free yourself up for summer. So it'd be good to do that, but I realized we tried a couple of different models of having people um, here. It really requires, I think, a lot, unless you've got really deep pockets. Yeah. It yeah. really requires the owner to have some, you know, a big interest in it. Powerball is in the billions this week, so, you know. <laughs> I am playing it, you know, if you what, you, you can't win if you don't play, so exactly. I'm still going to play it. I, it's funny, I was thinking on the way over this morning, I would still continue this work. This is the hardest work I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, I make less money than any job probably I've ever had on an hourly basis, but it's still rewarding. You know, you have those moments where you're just like, is this what you want to do when you're, 
you know, a business plan that is slowly growing to get break even, to get some salary. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love it. So if I hit Powerball, it would just be more fun. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just a little, little extra travel and hire somebody to help you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Less stress, less work, um, but, you know, but more fun and more innovative stuff, more creative mm. stuff. Yeah. So. Speaking of your creative stuff, you brought me out a few things to try here. What am I uh, starting with here? Sure. So we're going to start you off with a blood orange gin. Okay. Uh, so we do an American dry style gin. Uh, an American dry style is just less ingredients than a London dry. So it's more mm -hmm. balanced. It's not just about the juniper. We do juniper, coriander, cranberry, and lemon peel. So that's going to be the, the four flavors you're going to taste, not just the yeah. juniper. Then we've got some specialized gins. So this, this one was actually riffed off of a gin I found in Italy. Okay. So the blood orange is going to add a citrusy raspberry layer of flavor to it. Um, I'm a gin and tonic guy. So usually when people ask me how I drink it, it's gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. But great in a Negroni, great in a French 75. You know, it's got a little bitterness that matches well yeah. with Campari. The nose on this, it's just, it's that orange, right? I'm right very into like uh, the different uh, flavors and scents. And mm. now I'm also into like, what's my favorite glass? Yeah. So it's definitely all the senses that I'm going for in terms of, um, you know, my experience with it. It's just not, you know, chugging it down. It's an entire experience for me. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing with, with craft alcohols is they're not meant to like sit in a park and, and be chugging by a campfire as you make you make these. So. Yeah. And, you know, the, a couple of the concepts that were really important to me were I love a craft cocktail, but I'm not doing, I'm mm -hmm. not buying all the ingredients for it. I'm not make, taking 20 minutes to make it. You know, you need to make a cocktail a hundred times before it's really, you perfect it. Yeah. So I've added some flavors that elevate my cocktail quickly without doing a lot of work, Fantastic. which is really good for, you know, consumers that want that experience as well as like, um, you know, like a, a high volume, fast mm -hmm. moving bar. Awesome. A little more idiot proof, so to speak, in terms of making cocktails. So in Negroni, same ingredients, three ingredients, except you're substituting the blood orange, you elevate mm -hmm. it um, and instantly have something that's a little bit easier to make and still delicious and entertaining. Nice. All right, let's get this shot here. Yeah, cheers. Oh, wow. That's incredible. It's, it's just, it's so smooth. It's very seasonal right now, too. It's got a little extra body, which lends to drinking. Um, I drink gin year-round, but it lends to drinking at this time of the year. And the red is very harvest, very holiday. You know, my, my take on this with folks is, you know, make a regular cocktail. Because, you know, during the holidays, you're, you're going to be doing a lot of cooking, a lot of yeah. food. Make a regular cocktail, like your gin and tonic garnish the shit out of it mm -hmm. you know that's your elevation don't tell them that you made you bought it already made take the credit and just garnish it to hell yeah. now it's like get back together and, and enjoy things and and buy local products you know i've always said not always but the last 20 years i've been buying local there's yeah. no question you should have always been buying local yep diageo is always going to make their money yep i'd rather support a guy like you yeah thanks so. i mean thank you but it, you know vermont's very good about that very locally based. We make a lot of stuff yeah. too. Vermonters are pretty productive in the food, <laughs> beer, wine. Beer. So there's opportunities, right? There's opportunities and um, yeah, I, it's, it's worthwhile to spend a little bit more money for the type of quality that mm -hmm. you're getting. So. Yeah, 100%. I, I, will always, I will always do my best to buy local when I can. Yeah. It's always not an option, but it, it should be there. Exactly. And that's why the craft cocktail, like, surgeons that's coming is awesome to see yeah so amazing uh why why called it wild heart why not shelburne distillery or good question name? naming 
naming, branding, like everything you see right here, the hardest decisions you make, you spend so much time and then you're like, leave it behind and make rent. You forget <laughs> that you ever had that process. So actually, if you, uh, it, you know, if you took a close look at our logo, I'll actually turn this one around. Mm -hmm. um, and it, our full logo has a, 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 a red swoop, a circle okay. around yeah. it. But when you make alcohol, um, it comes out in three stages, essentially, heads, hearts, and tails. Okay. So I wanted something that was um, connected to uh, the alcohol process, primarily because I'm not super creative. So <laughs> when you look at all of our products, they're named exactly what they are. Um, and so I wanted to have that connection with our logo. So heart, H-E-A-R-T, is mm -hmm. the alcohol that you drink. Heart, H-A-R-T, is a red deer. Yeah. And so um, it made that leap, but it also made a connection to kind of the outdoors and uh, you know having a sense of place with your product, like Vermont, and having an association is important to me. So I think the Red Deer brought it in there as well. The other parts of the logo is that um, we really focus on traditional distilling methods, but we're modernizing the flavors. So what you just had now, mm -hmm. like the blood orange gin, very modernized style in terms of doing the American dry and modernized in terms of the flavors that you're adding into it, but traditional methods of distilling and infusing. And so when you take a look at our logo and the, the woodcut of the deer is kind of your, uh, your old and your, um, your traditional and then the modernized uh, uh, stylized lettering for Wild Heart is your contemporary. So really it was bringing in, you know, the process of making alcohol in the association, a sense of place of Vermont and the deer, and then bringing some um, contemporary as well as traditional concepts together for a brand. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Shelburne was very welcoming of, of a distillery opening up in the area. I'm assuming already having Fiddlehead there quite, yeah. quite a while. It's, it's still harder. Like we have our, our tasting room is still closed um, post-COVID. It's harder to bring people in off the street. Mm -hmm. um, I think the key with this building was it was a new construction. So it was built the way that we saw it or the way that we needed it. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to come in and renovate. So the sprinkler system, where the walls were put, where piping and sinks, that was all done for us, and I would say that was the biggest. Um, that was the biggest win. Yeah. Any initial difficulties? I'm assuming outside of having obviously money to create a product like this. Yeah. What were some other difficulties from just? Oh gosh. It wasn't where you wanted Fire to. Fire marshal. Forgive oh. me for the. Yeah. Uh, so one of the challenges that I think distilleries have, and I, I think they've been working on this, is that the fire codes don't have a section on distilleries. So you're interpreting a distillery in the realm of, let's say, um, jet fuel production uh, or, or other products. And our initial um, uh, challenge was working with the fire marshal and agreeing on where are you located. So mm -hmm. the first ground that we had with them before we had to hire a consultant to help indicate otherwise, we were, right, uh, we were one level below um, the, the production of explosives. <laughs> And so the requirements they had for our building, yeah. I mean, you walk to, you come to the table and they're like, well, here's the requirements that we're gonna have for your building. And you're like, I can't do business. Yeah. That's it, I can't move alcohol at all. I can't, you know, we're having firewalls everywhere separating. And, you know, we brought in a consultant, which is more money. And then um, we came to an agreement on what, what it was. And then uh, we built it out. And then they came back to do their final inspection and they were like, yeah, no, we changed our minds. Um, this isn't, we want something different. And then it was, you know, 
you know, calling up the governor's office. A good thing about Vermont, probably the bad thing for the governor. Uh, you know, <laughs> people pay attention. Yeah. So we ended up getting the state level person in here who was like, okay, let's cut through this. So just a couple of examples of we've got these, um, you know, $2,000 non-installed yeah. uh, fire explosion proof lighting, explosion proof um, outlets. Ultimately, the lighting wasn't needed. Oh, you didn't need that. <laughs> But instead, we had to install another $10,000 uh, fan here, oh which God. sucks the air out of the room three times, um, three times a hour, okay. which is a great safety feature. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it delayed the project for months and it you outlaid more cash. Yeah. And it's just yeah. really hard for a startup where you're like, you know, where am I coming up with enough money to pay rent? Never mind. Uh, here's another 10000 for a piece of equipment that... It's not adding. It's not adding value. I am thankful that we have the safety equipment that we do. I always feel like we're the safest distillery here. Um, but when you go to different places, the standards are different yeah. because we have regional fire marshals, regional input. Um, but it all stems from in the fire, the national fire codes. There's nothing on distilleries, mm -hmm. so you have to interpret. Uh, what's number two? I'm trying here. Number two, okay, so our Vermont classic. So when you open a distillery, when you open a brewery, when you open a bread baking business, everyone is like, you got to do something with maple. So um, I hate, hate, hate the concept, but we really, I'm very proud of this one, and I think it's a, um, a really good seller as well. The whole idea is that um, anything with sugar in it is going to soften and blend together your flavors. So we put... Um, we did our same base, juniper, coriander, cranberry, and lemon peel, but we put like 30% more botanicals. At a higher level, it gets pungent, um, a little sharp, particularly on the juniper. Just 2.5% maple softens it, blends it together, so you get this nice, rich gin flavor. Um, lightly sweet straight up, but when I'm mixing my gin and tonic, you're getting more like a note of vanilla and caramel. Nice. And so you don't get that mapley sweet. Because I think oftentimes with products that have maple, it's overdone. It's, it's, way, it's yeah, too much yeah. maple. So it has that notoriety. It's very Vermont. It's more special. And what I'm proud of is it, you know, it, it's got a good following because we really made a delicious spirit. Yeah. No, uh, our last interview at Mill River too, like they're like, oh, we had our maple seasonals out. And I'm yeah. just like, it's, it's perfect. But I've had where it's just that maple where it's <laughs> Too like, much. Oh, yeah. Like it's, I'm tasting the sugars and I shouldn't be tasting the sugar. Yep. I should be tasting just that right balance with, with that right porter, like the coffee. Just you porter, always so. have to remember you can add yeah. more. If you want a maple awesome. gin and tonic, you'd add more maple to it. You can't take it out. Yeah. So it's got to, and the other is I wanted it to have a purpose versus be the stand up flavor. Mm -hmm. It still is gin. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Toast. Oh yeah. Completely different personalities. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got four different gins, each are different personalities. I might oscillate between them by season by mood, yeah. um, definitely more body to it than your dry gins or our pear ginger gin, um, yeah. and a lot more um, of that traditional flavor. Yeah, it just, the maple is just properly, like to me, uh, dancing on my palate. Yeah. It's not like, boom, maple, it's... It, this it's, one I like too, because you, you get a couple of different flavors going on. Like it, uh, you get some sweet, and then you get some of your gin, and you, you know, you get a beginning, middle, and end, mm -hmm. which again is just about that whole like, entertain me. Yeah. Give me something good. What are those gateway products that you have for somebody who's used to that big burn and great you know, question? Oh, I just drink Jack. Oh, let's let's change your mind. Like, yeah. what is what are those products? If you're looking at these guys, uh, I mean, I, for, first the thing is for people that are out there tasting alcohol straight up. Remember, you're tasting alcohol straight up. Give yourself credit along those lines. I'm not always the best when we do batches. 
Um, I taste it straight up, but then for the gins, I make a gin and tonic. For my um, the chai spiced rum, I do a dark and stormy. So I'm always trying it in a cocktail to make sure the flavors come through. Because we do an American dry style and the, it's more balanced and not necessarily about the juniper, I would say in general, they're a little bit more entry level, but the more entry level would be going towards flavors. So the pear ginger or the blood orange, because those are gonna be a little bit more in the front uh, of the flavor you have to choose. Is gin up front and blood orange behind yeah. it or is blood orange up front? And you've gotta put the blood orange up front to actually make it come through in the cocktail. So those tend to be ones where people are like, I didn't like gin. And then what we see is then they gravitate towards like your dry style where the juniper is a little more forward, mm. but not all the show and your maple. And so they start going through and discovering it more, but getting that entrance into it, I would definitely say that the, the flavored gins tend to be the first catch and then people end up evolving from there. Yeah. I mean, you could even see it too, like Ryan Reynolds having aviator gin, yep. you know, and then sold it for a billion dollars. Yeah. It's like, it's wild that there's the demand for that. You know, the guys from Breaking Bad have a tequila place. Yes. Yeah. Um, celebrities are getting into the alcohol game now too. So yeah. I'm sure it's like, well, it's, it's nice to have that, but also I don't have the pockets you have. That's what it's all so. about. Yeah. I mean, like we expanded recently to New York and, you know, going into New York City, it's like, do you have a celebrity? <laughs> you know, otherwise we're hitting up the small boutique places in Brooklyn, yeah. which are fantastic. They're really supportive of, of these unique brands and bring it forward. But yeah, you don't always have the yeah. pull to be like, well, let's, you know, let's get one into one of the most popular bars in New York City. <laughs> So with kind of the farmers markets reopening, how, how did it feel to get like the face-to-face -face customers again after the last two years of, of stuff we've, we've gone through? Yeah, so we did, you know, uh, Vermont has been good in terms, I don't know how we've compared to other states when it comes to this, because first we're, Vermont's friendly yeah. in terms of like the Department of Liquor Control, friendly in terms of really supporting the small distilleries. Mm -hmm. So we're able to go to farmers markets, special events and sell, which is our short game as we're building our wholesale. So, uh, you know, the, the summer right after or during the pandemic, so February shutdowns or I can't even remember now, but that following uh, summer we were in farmer's markets. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, cool. they were masked, go yeah. one direction, keep your distance. Um, they started with no samples. Mm -hmm. People were really supportive. But as you can imagine, going from you know, no samples to sampling, that's the way you sell. <laughs> yeah. Get it in people's mouths. And so, you know, the return to that is good. I hope that people continue to, you know, farmer's markets were an activity you could do outside. Yeah. And so I hope that folks don't return to their old habits of like, I'm just going to the grocery store. I get it when they do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, I mean, it's great. I love the farmer's markets. I love all of the events that we go to. They're really interesting, the, the vendors. People don't understand, I think, how hard people work out there and how much fun they have doing their job at the farmer's markets. So for me, beginning of the season, you know, I'm here making all winter and pretty isolated because it's kind of a pop and pop show. It's just me. Yeah. Um, so I'm always rearing to go at the end of the season. I get my one minute to five minute interaction with uh, 300, 400 people in a day. It's, um, it's great. And there's always something to connect with, you know, and that's part of our brand as well. I don't care what part of the United States you are from, what country you're from. Um, in that little interaction, there's always something I connect with. Where are you from? What are yeah. you here? You're going to go for a drink. You're going to go to eat something. There's always a connection that you can make with people. And I love that. And that's what I think a lot of the farmer's markets 
um, promote is that connection, not just to like local food and who makes it, but there's um, just the connection between people, which yeah. I think, you know, during the pandemic, we lost a lot of. Yeah. And the nice As, part for me know, is they can be short. So if it's not a good connection, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. be like, okay, what do you want? Yeah. Let's move you on. A good I'm, connection, we can chat a little more. Uh, okay, so speaking of, of getting product in the mouth, what's uh, sure. number three I'm trying here? Number three, you're trying the corn whiskey. So this is, we do a lot of one-offs that mm -hmm. never make it commercially. So this is a small batch. It, it was, um, let's see, organic corn uh, made from uh, Aurora Farms, who also runs Nitty Gritty Grain Company. So they do things like corn flapjacks, cornbread, mm -hmm. they market it locally. Um, and we did a batch of this four years ago or put it into barrels four years ago. And um, part of it was I finally had the time and part of it was it's really ready. No, corn is notoriously light flavored. Mm -hmm. So aging it for longer is gonna give it uh, more flavor. It also means I'm keeping it at 100 proof. Um, so it's a higher proof so that you're not watering it down. But it came out really well. It's got like, um, like a honey, um, brown butter flavor to it. Um, you know, that classic sweetness that comes out from corn and that earthy flavor from being stored in a bourbon barrel. So I've been enjoying this actually quite a bit because I just bottled it. And of course, there's always one bottle that's yeah. partially full that I take home. So I've been oh, sipping it all night. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it turns into those like, I'm gonna do one finger, then two, and then I'm gonna do two fingers again. Yeah. Um, but it's been a nice sipper. I haven't looked at mixing it yet, but I've enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. Toast. Um, and I was uh, doing a little video oh. for ourselves wow. earlier. It's just nice and clean. Like you said, that honey is just going right down. It's it's so clean. Yeah. I mean, it sneaks up on Ooh. you at 100 proof, which, you know, my, yeah, my uh, two, three, four fingers gets there, but yeah, I'm at home. For me, when it comes to like beer, it's those double IPAs that don't taste like double IPAs. All yes. of a sudden, you're just like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. No, I've been trying to do, because I do like drinking more than, you know, I make stuff yeah. very flavorful so that if I want to water it down a bit, still has flavor. I kind of like that with my beer, too. Mm -hmm. I'll tend to go with, like, lately at least, pale ales um, where low IB, uh, um, IBUs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ABV. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, you're going to be able to drink two. I know yeah. that sounds horrible of me, but I like having two. Yeah, yeah. no, there's nothing <laughs> Particularly wrong with... if they're 16 ounces, <laughs> yeah. I've got to have a low ABV. <laughs> exactly. And I know the first one only tastes like another. Mm -hmm. You know, my first sip is like, oh, this tastes like another one. Yeah. I'm going to finish this one and really enjoy the second. But... So you uh, mentioned kind of do this with a local farm, the corn yep. whiskey. Um, what are some other collabs you've done in, in local? Like, I know with distilleries, especially a brewery that's not happy with their beer, what can you do with this? Like, who have you worked with in the area? You know, we do some of the more straightforward things like, you know, corn from a local farm, you know, obviously maple. I think we'd be shooed out of the state if we didn't use the local maple. Um, uh, the most recent collaboration we did was with a meadery. So they had about 300 gallons of leftover uh, mead that they couldn't uh, use. I can't remember what the reason was, but we brought it up here and we distilled it and essentially made it into like a mead brandy so it's actually aging right now we did a honeycomb versus a barrel approach so they're sticks that are cut into honeycomb shapes so they have maximum um, surface area and it's turning out really well it's a unique flavor mm -hmm. um, but those are the types of things you know right now our goals are like make rent um, try to do interesting things when we can um, I mean, other collaborations, I think you, you, um, you know, might've heard in the tour that we were giving, we work with, um, 
other folks that are interested in creating spirits that want to start their own distillery. Mm -hmm. So we have three different projects that are going along those lines right now. Someone who's doing a bourbon, which is a little bit more straightforward. Um, one is doing a fernet. Um, uh, so a lot of those um, herbs are actually locally foraged, mostly wild foraged at this time. But if it grows, they want to do uh, collaborations with farmers. And then the other person um, who's a local bartender is doing a craft alternative to Aperol, primarily because one, he can do a really good version, and the other is we've had a hard time getting Aperol ever since COVID. It's just messed up everything still, the reverberations. So really, really happy to be offering that and collaborating with those folks to develop you know, new products and just expand what we're, what we're able to offer. Awesome. I have one more thing to try here. Oh, sure. This so that's the, the, uh... the chai spiced rum. Mm -hmm. It's a Demerara based rum. So it's um, fermented from a light sugar, think sugar in the raw. And then it's aged in used bourbon barrels for six to nine months, you know, basically till it's done. And then it's infused with sweet, savory and hot spices, Assam tea, saffron, cardamom, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, black pepper, rose petal. Straight up, it's going to be a little spicy because it's meant to cut through mm -hmm. Coca-Cola and the cinnamon will be yeah. a little more of the star. So just sip it and... You know, you can taste the other flavors, they'll follow through. But love myself a rum and coke, love a dark and stormy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Toast. In the meantime, uh, so you're clearly very, very busy, but when there's free time to take a booze-based vacation, well, where's that going to be? I have done one in the past in, so I went and stayed in Puerto Vallarta, which is in the province of Jalisco, where mm -hmm. tequila is made. And I loved it. Um, it's... Uh, I mean, that's all I drank when I was there was tequila. It's just incredibly reasonable. You're not getting the type of tequila that you're getting here. You're getting the Añejos. I mean, I don't think I drank anything other than the Añejos, which are extremely <laughs> expensive. You're buying them for $20 a bottle. It's still very family farm focused. Mm -hmm. So lots of small batch stuff that they're doing unique things like coffee and milk infused with tequila. Um, but you know, I drank it with, let's see, uh, tequila sunrise for breakfast. You drank <laughs> it like a little brandy with dinner. Um, so I loved the going to the distilleries and looking at all of the processes, um, the families, you know, some of them were, you know, these are classic, like, oh, here's our stone wheel that's 200, 300 <laughs> years old yeah. that our family is still running with our mule to crush it. Um, to crush the agave and yep. to make tequila and um, throw a good zipline tour in there with tequila tasting and yeah. that's a good vacation. Amazing. Sounds awesome. <laughs> For Wildheart uh, as a brand, what, what's next? Oh, keep expanding. I mean, it's hard, but every year we expand, expand locally. So um, this year we'd like to see ourselves at more farmer's markets. So continually getting more coverage, getting the spirit in people's mouths that are either living in Vermont or uh, visiting Vermont. Um, do better job uh, with our newest distribution, which is New York, New Jersey, uh, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. So mm -hmm. deeper relationships within those states. And I think in the next year, we'd like to expand one more time. So we try to you know, expand one level more locally, one level more nationally okay. each year. Yeah. So one more of those. I don't know where it would be. The East Coast is our sweet spot because at least it's still driving distance for me to go down and yeah. meet and you know, be involved in it. Yeah. Give your elevator pitch, you know, sell. The yeah, modest, no, no so. one sells better than me. Yeah. I mean, because you're a crazy owner um, <laughs> and you know the most about the product and yeah. people do like to see the owner involved. I mean, from what I've seen yeah. so far.
Craig, thank you very, very much for hosting no, us today. Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Great this. to have you guys here. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Let me, I'm going to have to send you off with some booze. Uh, Got to be careful because the border. Oh, you're so. not here for very long. Unfortunately not. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and we like to go by the border rules. Next time. Next time I will be back. We will be, I will be taking time off personally to do another beercation in, in the Vermont area. Everything's within two hours when you're in Burlington, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, for sure, I'll, I'll have to come back sometime and, and get something else. Um, for those who are looking for Wild Heart, where can people find you? Oh, so uh, pretty much every liquor store in the state. You go to our website, and uh, it's actually my direct phone number and my um, email. So you can email and say, hey, I'm in this area of Vermont. I'm looking for this spirit. I'll track it down for you. Otherwise, visit any of our holiday markets, farmer's markets. And um, similarly, reach out if you're in the mid-Atlantic area and want to see where our distribution is there. And for social media? Uh, yes, so we're on Instagram, uh, Wild Heart Distillery, Facebook as well. And uh, we're, you know, again, given it's a pop and pop organization, it, every email comes to me so you will not be ignored. Or it's my fault, one, <laughs> of, one or the other. Amazing. Thank you very much my once pleasure. again. My pleasure. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.